Green Acres Garden Podcast is the podcast that will teach budding gardeners like you to grow your green thumb. For whether you're a newbie or a seasoned horticulturalist, you're sure to learn something new. Enjoy our conversations with community gardeners and gurus from Green Acres Nursery and Supply. We'll answer questions you didn't know you had. Welcome, garden denizens. Hey there, everyone. Thanks for being here. This is the Green Acres Garden Podcast. I'm your happy host, Kevin Jordan, and I love growing plants, and I hope you do too. Uh, and I'm back in studio with my good buddy, Austin Blank, the Waveform Warrior. How's it going there, Austin? <laughs> happy New Year to you, sir. Yes, Happy New Year to you and happy 2023 to all of our listeners. Hooray. Uh, we did it. We made it, man. We made it to another year. Um, and boy, is it rainy out there right now, Kevin. Yeah, the, the year came in nice and wet, for sure. Uh, I'm loving that rain, actually. I yeah. actually. To get here today to the studio, I just took a canoe. It was great. Just paddled on <laughs> yeah, in. Uh, almost. Uh, it was raining that bad. But uh, I'm actually, I'm really enjoying it. It turned my creek in my backyard into a, a you know class five rapid. So that was extra fun. Nice. Uh, so you got to love the weather. But you know when it rains now, it's snowing in the mountains. And that's what we love because that allows us to garden in the spring and summer uh, with reckless abandon. I'm sure. just kidding. But no, it, it allows us to garden with so much joy. And so when these rain, these rainy days come, I just, uh, I really appreciate them. But if you're one of the people out there, if you do have the rainy day blues, which I hope you don't, but let's imagine you do, uh, let's, we're going to use our imagination to, uh, to cure those blues, Austin, okay. so to speak. Okay. Right? I, had, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, man, it's raining so hard. Mm-hmm. I'm planning out my summer garden and I'm looking forward to that. But I was like, you know, I want to think about something that really just makes me happy. So imagine walking out one of the doors at your home and just walking steps from that door, finding a beautiful little tree. And the tree is covered with, you know, beautiful, delicious fruit all over it. And you reach out, grab the fruit, pop it right off the tree, bite it and mm. start chewing on it. You know, nectar and juice running down your chest. Imagine that this, the flavor, the taste, the smell, all of that. And how, how you might feel. That, uh, to me, that is just the epitome of garden joy. It's being able to walk out your door or into the garden, wherever that may be, and just harvest and eat and enjoy right away. And so fruit trees are where that's at. And that's, that's where I'm, I'm going towards. Mm-hmm. It's that time of year, Austin. We're, yeah. It's time to bear it all, my friend. <laughs> we're, we're, all. we're talking about bare root fruit trees this week. We're going to yeah. go on a little adventure out to the nursery. And uh, we're going to have a nice little discussion about fruit tree varieties, how to take care of them, what they are. Uh, and basically best practices. And so uh, sure. for me, I'm a huge fan of growing fruit trees at home in the home orchard. Um, grow them everywhere, but really in the home orchard, uh, front yard, backyard, side yard, wherever you can fit them, uh, find some sunshine, find some soil, and then you can garden and grow some um, delicious little treats for yourself. It's bare root fruit tree season at the stores. There's a huge selection now available. And you, like you said, you took me around and showed me the ways of the bare root fruit trees. First thing that came to mind, though, is I realized they're not even exactly bare root, are they? They're actually potted up in a nice little like fiber pot, and it, it looks good, right? Yeah, so traditionally you'd see them um, sold and shipped uh, without any soil, uh, maybe with some sawdust packed around them. And, and so that was bare root fruit trees. They'd be dug up out of the soil in their dormancy and then shipped and, and sold to gardeners everywhere. But uh, with some nurseries, they do like to pot them up uh, right away as they get them from the growers into a nice soil mix with some nutrition in there. And what's great about that is it allows them to break their dormancy without any fear of that, that young tree, you know, um, dying of thirst or dehydration or whatnot. You want them to give them opportunity to get rooted in. And what's great is right now, you wouldn't think that it's cold, it's wet and rainy outside. 
you wouldn't think fruit. You don't think this is the best time for fruit, but it's actually one of the best times for uh, thinking about and planting your home orchard or adding a fruit tree in the garden if you can, because this is when they come in from the growers. This is where when the selection is at its peak for the nurseries. I know it's cold. I know it's wet and rainy, but uh, they really, it really is one of the best times to go out and pick your fruit trees because if you like uh, diversity of choice, go out there right now because the selection is really going to be um, prime. Yeah, that's what blew me away. There was fruit trees... I had never even heard of available. So I'm really excited to share this. You and I, Kevin, we went to the store and you taught me all about the the fruit trees there. So let's go ahead and jump into that interview and uh, can't wait to share this with everyone else. Here we go. Hey, Kevin, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for meeting me out here. So I've yeah. got uh, fruit trees on the brain, Austin. Um, I see. We're surrounded by fruit trees. We are. So i got a bunch here for us to talk about. And so we're talking all about bare root fruit trees. This is the time of year to kind of do that. You know, we've talked about how fall is for planting, but winter is actually the best time for planting bare root fruit trees. Okay, well, let's get into it. Let's get right into all it. All right, let's go. What What is out there right now? What, what, how, what kind of categories of stuff do we have available? So... It will go, we'll go alphabetical. Uh, you, apples, love apples. Uh, a lot of the varieties that are selected for the nurseries uh, are gonna be chosen typically um, for, for their ability to grow well in that location. So talk about chill requirements and all that. We've brought it up before, how many hours a tree has to spend in under 45 degree weather. Um, the, all the ones that you see selected are, are typically gonna do really well in our climate. So the apple varieties, I think there's over 10 different apples. Uh, apricots, which I love, there's a handful of those. Um, they're really great when they're so fresh. They're one of those, one of those fruits that um, if you want to get them fresh, and that's one of the great things about growing your fruit trees, Austin, is that if you like it fresh uh, and you want it organic, grow it yourself. And so uh, yes. Apricots are one of those ones. They don't travel that well uh, unless they're dried or whatever. But So if you want them fresh, just, just grow them yourself. Well, that's interesting. I never thought about the quality of the fruit being affected by how well it travels. And an apple would travel well, right? And it you takes know, a long time before it kind of deteriorates. But yeah, apricot can go bad quick. Yes, they're so soft. It could get yeah. beat up. It's like me. They're soft and tender and very sensitive. Look, okay, gonna... so we got good apples and apricots, lots of apples you said available. And then we've also, I see some cherries over here. Oh, cherries are delightful. Uh, and so what's cool too is you can get uh, multi-graph varieties, which we'll bring up here in a little bit, but you can get trees that actually have more than one variety on the tree. Uh, cherries are really cool, uh, and you'll see some of the cherries that are grown, they really uh, are gonna do best. Actually, they require a pollinator to successfully have a, a healthy harvest. Mm -hmm. And so we'll talk about that a little bit later. So some of the fruit trees, you really wanna educate yourself on the ones you do select. Do they need a pollinator? And if so, what, what is that pollinator? And so that is something to consider. Okay, so uh, between apples, apricots, cherries, we also out here have peaches, nectarines, pears. Which ones do need pollinators and which ones don't? Um, so out of the ones that don't need them, apricots are going to be self-pollinating. The apriums okay. are also self-pollinating. Most of your nectarines, uh, as well as most of your peaches, are going to be self-pollinating, with some exceptions. Uh, the ones that always are going to really need a pollinator to, to do well are your pluots and some of your plums, your blueberries, uh, and a lot of your pears actually really okay. respond to being uh, near another pollinator. Um, with that said, every category... Um, is, may may need may need a pollinator, okay, so it's, great. it's important to know that. Um, well, I see this here. This is a pear espalier. Did I say that right? Uh, I, maybe. Uh, I'm not. I wish I spoke French. Espalier. Okay. Uh, but I'm probably not even pronouncing that correctly. But espalier is how it's spelled. Espalier. It's where you uh, train a tree 
uh, kind of horizontally. This one's really cool. This is actually, yeah. I brought you in this one to see. It's a, a six in one paired, espalier pair. So there's actually six varieties. Holy moly, okay. So every so, scaffold you see. Yeah, every little branch coming off it has a different colored tag on it and it has a name for a different, this is Kiefer pear on that branch. This has got Blake's pride pear on another one. There's Haro six Delight. different ones. Yeah, that's so crazy. pretty cool. And so if you like, that's what's nice about the backyard orchard is you can really squeeze in a lot of varieties, either through planting a variety that's been espaliered that you can train along your fence. And those ones are really cool because as time goes on, you can kind of uh, manicure and prune those branches as you need to give each of them their, the space they require to do well. But what's cool is you're gonna have uh, six different harvests that come off that single one tree. Okay, and maybe it could be six different harvest times throughout the year? Yeah, you're smart man. Okay, smart that's guy. cool. For sure, and so that's what's kind of nice as well is once we start getting into the different varieties, uh, you can uh, get really clever about when they harvest, which ones you select, so that way maybe you have a backyard that has almost like a never-ending harvest. You have citrus going in the, in, the, in the winter time, then you get some of your dormant fruit trees going in late spring, summer, and into fall. The varieties you choose matters because you can extend that harvest. You can start it early and have it end late, and really it's kind of fun when you're uh, gardening at home and there's always something to go out in the garden and eat. Okay, Kevin, so let's say we want to I want to plant these at home, um, and they're in these, they're all in fiber pots. Can I just drop that in the ground? You can, absolutely. Some people will slice them off and remove them, but they're, they're biodegradable. You can leave them right in there. And so when you plant your tree, you're actually going to um, dig your hole twice as wide as, the, uh, as that pot is, uh, maybe even three times, but you only need to dig the hole about one, one and a half times as deep. You don't want to create a big, deep bowl that your tree is going to sink into. You actually want to create a little pedestal at the bottom of soil, and then you're actually going to... Um, Take your plant and actually, like I said, if you want to leave that fiber pot on, you absolutely can. But what's going to help is actually scoring the sides with a knife. So you can take a nice little razor knife, put it in where it's just deep enough to slice through that kind of that cardboard material there and that fibrous material. And you're going to slice it down every, you know, every few inches all the way down to the bottom of the pot. You can even slice and do a big X along the bottom of the pot. Sometimes if you get these later in the season, it might just kind of fall away naturally as you're trying to work it, in which case that's fine too. Um, but what's great is about... Once you do put it in the soil, you can actually, any material you see sticking up, you can slice away at the top if you don't want to see it there anymore. But really, uh, mix in your, your mended soil, your little bit of starter fertilizer, of course, organics to introduce some good nutrition and some, some good uh, biology to your soil. That's really it. That fiber pot is just a great way for them to live in the nursery, and it just is an ease for planting because whether it's there or not, it doesn't really matter. That's awesome. Everything should come in a fiber pot. Yeah, why not? Less plastic. <laughs> and then real quick, just for the one, if I'm going to put in a container, if I get one of these genetic dwarf ones, um, it's just a matter of plopping it in the container I want, right? Yeah. There's no, no other soil. Potting soil. Yep. So, so a little different soil. So yep. So if you're in a container, instead of using your traditional compost or planting mix, uh, you're going to want to start with with a really good container mix. Okay. Um, there's different varieties out there, but for me, I feel like when you're if you're going to be planting this tree, you know, even though it's small, it's going to be in there permanently. So get the best potting soil you can find, and whatever that, stuff that may be. And just drains a little quicker, right? It just, it's going to drain well. It'll hold moisture uh, more evenly, and it's just made for that, that situation. Now, as time goes on, you can do top dressings from season to season with some earthworm castings and some compost to help re replenish that soil and get it nice and happy and healthy again. But really start it off with some good potting soil. Of course, a little starter fertilizer, but make sure it's in a container that's going to be large enough for it and actually has adequate drainage. Okay. So make sure it has plenty of holes and it's up off the ground. It can breathe. So when you do water it, you see that water drain out. Because mm -hmm. uh, as water drains out, 
eventually as it dries out, air can flow back in. And right. So that's what we want. Now, w once these are in, we've got them all planted or potted up. When's the first time you would actually prune these? Because some right of these then. are looking kind of big already. They, yeah, they're healthy. Uh, and you can see they, they were probably uh, growing in the fields nice and tall, and now they, they've been cut a little bit. They've been shipped. But you know what? We're actually going to cut it way more. So if we get this planted, absolutely. So this one right here in front of me, this yeah. is actually a four-in-one apple. It's taller than you. There's, oh, it's, yeah, it's good six-footer. So it's, six it's got um, some, some length we can cut down. Yeah, for sure. It's like that. Yeah. Six and a half feet tall. So what we're actually going to do is once you get it planted, and so this one's actually, uh, you know, it'll go down a foot or two once we get it in the ground, actually. You're gonna, I usually cut them off that, that first day that we plant it. I'll cut it three to four feet tall. Oh, wow. So, you know, between my belly and my chest, right in there is usually a good, and you can see you right take here. take it down to about here or so? Yeah, and you see these branches here? I'll look for an outward-facing bud that's facing the direction that I want to go. So this branch right here, I want it to go out from that center, mm -hmm. and so I'll probably, I would cut to right there. Or you could even go lower and go to right there. What I've noticed is that when I just do with little small cuts, then it's that they're never enough. The tree ends up getting really tall and leggy early on in its life. And then from the next few years, you're spending a lot of effort and time trying to, to bring down. that canopy down uh, lower and lower each season. Um, so if you start off with that and being a, kind of drastic in a way, and I suggest people, you know, go look on videos online if you can, uh, if you don't take my word for it, but really cut them back really hard um, early on. And what that's going to do is that's going to induce the scaffolding. It's going to make that growth grow more lateral to begin with. And of course, like I said, you can try to help direct that growth in a direction that, that you can find. Uh, each bud will face the direction that's going to okay. go. Hope each, you'll notice that different fruit trees grow differently. So some will grow more horizontally, um, some are gonna grow you know, more vertically, um, and some you know, a little bit of each. And so you're really gonna have to uh, play with those, those trees from season to season. But yeah, once you get it planted, prune it back real hard, three to four feet to an outward facing bud. Wow, I'm and surprised that's that soon. When um, would you prune it again? So I, for these, I really won't prune again until the next dormant season. So a year. So a year later. So we, yep. So we, uh, this time last year with my students, we planted a five in one plum tree. Okay. So five different plums on one tree. It was fantastic. We planted it and then we actually planted it um, late spring. It was uh, April, end of April. We planted it. I cut it down three and a half feet tall. Uh, Boom. By the end of the summer, it was 15 feet tall. Holy moly. And so, and it wasn't full. It wasn't like, you know, 15 feet wide, uh -huh. but it was 15 feet tall. They, it, all the new growth had shot out, went out, and then straight up. So and, then and what do you bring it back down to? And so right now, we went there recently in, in the dormant season, and the leaves have all fallen, and, we went, and I brought it back down. So I followed those ones, and I brought them back down maybe two-thirds of their height, if not more. So now the tree is probably at five feet high. Okay. So it went from, we cut it down to three, it, it bolted up to 15, we cut it back down to you know, four to five feet high, and what that's gonna do is that's gonna uh, increase more scaffolding, and that's what I'm looking for is, you can see each here, uh, we have these main trunks right here, and it's just one trunk. What we wanna do is we wanna turn that one trunk into many branching, uh, into many branching limbs. Uh, and then you can actually decide where those limbs go. And so you can have a whorl down here, you'll cut, you'll have some more growth go, and then as seasons go on, you can actually pick where you want the mature limbs to, to remain. And that's really gonna be great because what it is is you want a, a mature, your mature tree to have a nice open center. You don't want limbs right. crisscrossing each other, uh, touching each other. You don't want them going towards the ground. You don't want them being uh, perfect. You know, you'll see these limbs here, how they're, how they're so vertical for so long. And you don't want that. 
But you also don't want a limb to be horizontal for forever either. Sure. So you want to direct your, uh, your growth to be upward and outward, upward and outward. Uh, and then you, you start to do that. And as season to season you go, you start to realize that it gets easier and easier to prune. And that's what I've noticed out in the orchard is that the more time we spend with the young trees, keeping them pruned back and, and creating a nice healthy scaffold, as the seasons progress, it's less effort because then you're not, you're not correcting mistakes. And I've made mistakes, and that's kind of how I've had to learn in a way. So I wish I would have known years ago uh, kind of what I know now because I think that the trees would be even be in better shape. Wow. But uh, it's, it's great. Like I said, it's one of those things, the more you do it, the more you learn. But it's um, surprising. But it's, it, it's not what I would expect because... You know, these aren't going to bear fruit for a few years, right? When do they put out fruit? You, you'd, be sh you'd be shocked at how quick. Some of these already are mature enough to where you might actually see some fruit. Like this little genetic okay. dwarf one here might actually produce some fruit this year. Oh, wow. Because I'm thinking you have branches. to wait like three years or so. Typically, I, you're right. Typically, okay. a lot of these are going to be probably three years before you really see a substantial harvest. And even sometimes a lot of folks, when you get these at home, they realize they're, like, they're in it for the long haul, and they'll actually thin out some of that fruit that first year or two because they're like, you know what, even though it's cool and you want to see it grow, it takes a lot of effort for that tree to, to develop that fruit. And so the, so the wise gardeners, sometimes they'll, they'll, you know, they just bite the bullet, so to speak, and they will go, you know what, I'm just going to just, I'm just going to tough it out. I'm, I'm going to forego getting fruit this year and I'm going to pull them out and they thin those fruits out. And then the following years, you then, that investment then pays off, hopefully, That's and cool. you get a nice harvest. Yeah, it's just interesting to me that you, know, you, you don't expect fruit for a few years. I'm thinking in my head then that the tree is growing slowly. But by the, the picture you're painting, it's, this thing is a prolific grower and we got to prune it back you know, quick. No, it, it grows. They're going to grow quick. And that's yeah. what you want is you want to have that first couple years just be all about them getting rooted in, making sure they're fertilized. Um, of course, in our gardens, we're always using organic fertilizers. That's why it's important to build up the soil. When we feed that soil with organics, earthworm castings, bat guano, kelp meal, chicken manure, um, top dressings of compost that we, that we do out in our garden, that really is gonna help the tree out. And then of course, adequate watering in the summer, you're gonna wanna do nice, deep, uh, infrequent watering so that way those roots can grow but not be inundated with constant moisture or dry out completely. Um, but you know, you, it's one of those things where um, you hate to kind of pull away so much of the growth because it's, you know, you said it's a six foot you know, right. tall tree, but the little bit of that pruning early on, it really makes a massive difference, um, especially season to season, year to year. Um, you really start to see the tree and its shape start to take form. And then it just makes for e easier harvesting too. You have limbs and you have space in between your limbs that you can reach and you can get to. And what's nice about these trees is, like I said, it's the size. All of these can be kept small enough to where you, you can harvest every single year without having to get on a ladder. And that's what we want. We want people to have nice big harvests without having to put yourself in danger or, you know, or have uh, added effort out in the garden. We want, them, we want all those fruits just right within hand's reach. What's great about uh, planting in the backyard orchard, it's all about basically utilizing your space. And so if you have some sun, fruit trees are a great, uh, great option, but really uh, you can actually pack them in pretty closely. On the Dave Wilson website, they're saying you can plant them as close as a foot and a half, two feet apart, wow. which sounds incredibly close, seeing as that even though they're semi-dwarf yeah. and they're gonna get you know, eight to 10, 12 feet tall and wide, planting that close seems 
pretty overkill, but it's possible, and that's gonna allow you to get multiple varieties in a location really tight. If you don't wanna do that, you can go with the Espelier, like we mentioned, that has six varieties on one. Right. You can actually do a multi-grafted variety, sometimes they call it a fruit combo. Um, this is a four-in-one, sometimes you'll see them you know, two-in-one, three-in-one, I got five-in-one. Uh, that'll allow you to have multi multiple fruits in one location, but you can also just plant them you know, two, three feet apart and, uh, and then prune them accordingly. That is, is a very tight planting, and that would require some um, pretty good pruning to right. allow that, that to happen. For me, I think the best probably uh, middle, middle road might be you know, maybe six, eight, 10 feet apart, um, because the closer you plant them, the more pruning you're probably gonna have to do on them to uh, give them sure. all space so they can all behave. Um, but for me, giving them you know, 10 feet apart, letting, letting them get about eight feet tall and wide, that's a really good start uh, to your home orchard. And then finding those varieties that are really gonna speak to you. Um, to me, start with things that you like to eat. Uh, if you know you like apples, actually on that list, apples for me and, and our school garden are one of the best choices that we put out in the garden. Um, fresh apples are awesome, but to me, they're super productive. What I've noticed on the apples is that the trees put out a lot. They'll actually, you can actually have multiple harvests even in a year. I've noticed where we'll actually go out harvest once in late summer, and then the more apples will bloom and then develop again into the fall. So it's pretty oh, wow. cool. Uh, and they stay on the, the, the tree pretty well uh, also. So apples are a great choice. Start with the fruit that you like to eat, and then if you have extra space, maybe consider being you know, adventurous and then selecting maybe some varieties that maybe are unique or maybe a little foreign to you. But uh, always, if you start with things that you like to eat, that's, that's never a bad choice because you don't wanna have a fruit tree full of fruit that you don't like. Sure, of course um, not. And when you have a fruit tree full of fruit that you love, life's good. So I've never regretted planting a fruit tree. Right on. Never, never, ever. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Kevin, for showing me the Bearvert fruit trees. Dude, my pleasure, man. Yeah. You know I love it. Thanks for meeting me out here. Of course. All right, Kevin, we are back. Thank you so much for uh, schooling me up on everything Bearvert fruit trees. There were so many things available, we couldn't even cover them all. So I want to give you a chance now, Kevin, to share with our listeners any kind of exciting um, types of fruit trees that are available that we couldn't even talk about. Now, one that I def definitely want to share with people that is really interesting, and this is maybe like you mentioned, Austin, uh, huh. fruit that you didn't even know existed. Right. Right. The Pluaries. Okay. I'd, yeah, I don't it, even know what that a, is. I believe it's a plum-cherry hybrid. A plum and a cherry together. Yeah. And so there's the candy heart, flavor punch, sugar what? twist. Um, they delicious. don't even seem like similar enough types of fruit to be able to combine like that. You, you wouldn't think, but they're actually, they're related. They're all, they have the same genus. They're all prunus. Actually, um, a lot, prunus. all the stone fruits I've been mentioning, the cherries, the peaches, the plums, the apricots, they're, they're all related to, uh, to a degree. Whereas, uh, apples and pears, they, you know, you can't, they're not, they're not graftable to those mm -hmm. ones, but, uh, apples and pears certainly are, um, which, which is also one I want to mention, um, apples. And I know I give a lot of love to the peaches and the nectarines, but uh, at our school, we grow some apple trees uh, just to, and we keep them pretty squat, like six feet tall, six feet wide. And it will blow you away how many apples these, these short, stocky trees produce each and every year. It's awesome. And then you will get successive harvests in the summer. Sometimes you'll get one big harvest and you'll see another one, another wave of apples behind that. And it's just one of those things, you, you pop one off, they're crunchy, they're sweet, they're like, like juicy. Imagine a juicy, crispy apple that you didn't have to go buy. Right. That's just <laughs> it's, awesome. It's, yeah, it's wonderful. 
Wow. Well, the yeah, the the selection really speaks for itself. It's a pretty amazing thing. And um, you walked us through a little bit of planting. And, and again, you, you'd want to wait because based on how rainy and wet it is, you'd want to wait a little bit till it dries up, right? That's good advice. So this is the perfect time of year to go, you know, select your plant, your trees and get them. But you don't have to go plant them right away instantly. Um, the weather's great for it but not when it's raining and pouring down. So you definitely don't want to dig into overly saturated soil. Um, after a rain uh, storm has gone by, give it three, four, five days, maybe a week or so of uh, dry weather. You know, look, this is when uh, gardeners and growers are really interested in the weather reports because it kind of often dictate what we're going to be doing um, that week in the garden. So definitely wait for the soils to dry out just a little bit. And then you have that perfect spot, that sunny location selected. Then it's time to go get your bag of you know soil conditioner, get your tree, your starter fertilizer, and get going. Um, it really um, this it is a great time of year to go get yourself uh, a fruit tree, wherever that may be. All right, Kevin, thank you so much for uh, motivating me and inspiring me to want to grow a fruit tree. I hope everyone else is feeling the same way. And uh, yeah, that's that's it for this week. Kevin, go ahead and take us out. Well, thank you so much, Austin. I appreciate everybody being here. So thank you to all of our listeners. And I just want to say, you know, if you have a spot for a fruit tree, consider giving it a shot because fruit trees are the gift that keeps on giving, Garden Friends. Around around the podcast, we like to say garden for joy, garden for love, and garden for life. And with a fruit tree at your side, you're going to have one happy life. So until next week, Garden Friends, happy gardening to you all. And please never, ever stop growing. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of Kevin Jordan or his guests. These gardening tips and suggestions may work for you, as well as those from alternative sources. When using any garden products or tools, read and follow all label directions.